Welcome to the Zen Business Podcast, where we explore philosophies and practices for experiencing a more fulfilled and joyous life as a business owner, executive, or entrepreneur. And welcome to episode 37 of the Zen Business Podcast. My name is Simon Bell, and joining us on the show today is sales trainer and business consultant, Nikki Miklosh-Woodley. In this episode, we do a deep dive into sales mindset and explore how your relationship to selling, and even money, impacts your sales performance. Nikki shares a very simple process for rewiring your brain to improve your effectiveness and overall experience of selling. And she also demonstrates how the culture in your company impacts sales success. Now, if your company has a sales team or a customer service department, be sure to share this episode with them. I'm confident that you'll see the benefits in doing so. Now, this is the second time that Nikki's been on the show to share her evergreen sales methodology. If you missed her in the first interview, you can find that in episode 31. Don't forget, if you're a fan of the show or even just this episode, please comment, like, subscribe, and share. Your contribution makes a massive difference to the show. I trust you'll enjoy this conversation with the one and only Nikki Miklosh-Woodley. Nikki, welcome back to the show. Hi, Simon. Great to be here. What's been happening since the last time we caught up? Wow, so much, but sometimes it still feels like Groundhog Day when you're working from home. <laughs> Lots of change out there. People are starting to feel some sense of normalcy, uh, but I think in a way that's bringing another wave of uncertainty. I think people really mm. were starting to get used to the new ways of working, and now with all the changes, um, it's bringing up, oh gosh, what does that mean for me? And also a bit of fear uh, again. So interesting times still. <laughs> it, it isn't, they are interesting times. They are interesting times. And how have your clients been? Like, have you found that, uh, I know for myself, there's a lot of clients that were still experiencing great months, still experiencing some of them, some of which are record months, uh, in their revenue. I mean, has that been across the board for you as well? Yeah, look, I mean, I think there's a mix of businesses that actually are a little bit almost surprised in terms of how their revenue is tracking um, in, in terms of positive results uh, and being able to hold or maintain or close the gap. Uh, and then there's other clients that maybe have been hit a little bit harder, but they're putting the measures in place to make sure that they can sustain and maintain to therefore, you know, in six, 12 months time still have that really resourceful team. And again, I think the big question to always ask and continue to ask is what is the new problem that I'm helping to solve or we as a team and a business are helping to solve? Has it changed? Do we need to tweak? Is it the context that's changed? Is it the solution that needs to change with it? Uh, so we've still got to really make sure we're checking in at and look out what are we doing? Is it relevant for right now? Um, but I'm seeing some clients are having really good success rates and they'll continue to see success rates. And then there's some others that need to be a bit more conservative and a little bit more creative in, in their approach, uh, which is to be expected. And I challenge everybody, even if the times are still good, to still have that thinking and think yes. because we've got to be planning for three, six, 12 months ahead. 12 months might be a little bit too far right now, but three months ahead, six months ahead, what's my plan? What am I doing? Yes, sage advice, sage advice. So I, I am excited to have you back on the show. We had some great feedback from your first episode with the Evergreen Sales Methodology. Wonderful. 
Today, we're going to dig deeper around mindset, one of uh, my favorite topics. In fact, they're really the basis of the show, if you, if you boil it right down, uh, mindset. And But before, before we do that, I thought we could maybe do a quick overview for those that didn't catch episode 31 yep. uh, with, the, with the Evergreen Sales Methodology. So if you could just do a quick recap of that, and then we'll get stuck into mindset. Excellent. And I couldn't agree more. I think mindset is the foundational uh, foundation of everything that we do. But we'll talk about that more in a moment. Um, mindset covers all of the entire sales process. So that's why we'll start talking about going deeper in that today. You then have to be aware. So as part of the sales process, we have to be aware that there's three phases of the buyer's journey or the buyer's cycle. The first is that they're aware. They start to become aware that they have a problem. And within these phases, there's a couple of different milestones, which is the evergreen sales methodology. So in the phase of awareness, your prospect or your client might be a cool prospect. They might be resistant to what you are offering them. So the first milestone and I like to call them milestones instead of steps because it's not always 100% linear, you know, yeah. step one, step two. But the first milestone that you start with and may need to continue and, and touch back into is curiosity. How do you create curiosity to engage people in what you're saying and help them become aware of the problem that they have that you can help solve? And therefore, they start to become a bit warmer. The second milestone in that first phase is uh, uncovering the need. So we're creating curiosity, we're engaging, we're building rapport, we're uncovering what that need is, what that problem is you can help solve. The client starts to become actually aware. Yeah, you know, I do have a problem that I need uh, solving. So then that moves them through to the consideration phase. So they start to be more open with you. They start to realize, actually, I do have a problem and who is going to be the best person that will help me fix this problem? So the milestones in that are urgency. So looking at how do you establish, another way to look at urgency is motivation. How do you establish what their urgency, their motivation is? We've got to remember selling and sales is about them. It's not about you. So once you've established their urgency, their motivation, they're aware, they're aware and they're considering who is best to help me, you then provide a solution. Now, I just want to point out that's milestone four at the end of phase two. And one of the biggest traps I see people fall into is that they provide a solution early on. Yes. So I really want to drive that point home. Only then do you provide the specific solution so it's relevant. And again, we're going to go deeper into each of these milestones, yes. um, but high level at that point. So now you're moving that client, they're open and you're moving them through. They're now hot leads and they're making a decision. So you've guided them through to the decision phase. The milestones here are value. If they see value in what you offer, I can't wait to go through this with you in more detail, <laughs> then they will say yes. If they don't see value, they won't. And the final milestone in the decision phase is certainty. So things that we can do to feel and give our prospects, our now new clients, certainty in their decision because people make decisions emotionally and we justify them logically. So the entire process takes care of the emotional factors and the logical factors. Yeah, beautiful. Very high level. Beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And we could spend probably days on this entire process yeah. <laughs> if we dug deep. So today, and uh, as I said in the last episode, we will have you back to dig deeper on each of these. The first one, the uh, first deep dive, as I said, is mindset because it does impact each of those stages, does it not? Yep. 
So what is mindset to you? What does that look yeah. like? So mindset to me, so here's the thing. Everything in our life starts with how we think about things. Mm. How we think about things impacts how we feel about things and therefore the action that we take, our behavior, what we actually do. So mindset for me is really the thinking. So mindset is the beliefs. Mindset of sales is what are your beliefs around selling? What does selling and sales mean to you? When we say that word, do you get that icky, oh God, I don't, you know, are you in a sales role or are you a business owner and you say, I'm not in sales? Yeah. I hate to break to you. That's a myth. The ghost of salesman's past I've heard. I've heard all the relationships (laughs) you've had with bad salespeople. Yeah, exactly. So all mindset of sales, well, not all, it's huge, but it's the belief, it's the meaning that we're attaching to things. And we have to remember, so grab your pen and paper out and write this down. Nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. Have you heard of that saying? Absolutely. You would have heard that, Simon, of course. So what this means is that we are unconsciously choosing to give a word, selling sales, the definition, the meaning of icky, pushy, fake, greedy, stereotype of used salesman. Mm. Now think about how that can either hold you back hinder or help you move forward in your sales conversations if you have that unresourceful definition and meaning it's for sure holding you back even if you're out there doing your you know you can still have good results do the do get get out there and do the work but you could be doing so much better yeah so that's why we have to start with mindset first because mindset is the foundation it's the underlying it affects everything and as we were talking just before it actually affects a different stage as we touched on in unique and different ways. So that's what mindset is to me. What about for you? Yeah, well, I can definitely hear that it's the relationship that you're having with with sales itself, you know, and what I'm really getting in this is the importance of, especially those clients or business owners out there that have had bad experiences in the realm of sales. Maybe they've come across a an icky salesman, a slimy, slick salesperson that's taken advantage of them, or there's that, you know... Um, and we, we've all experienced it, I believe, at some point. If we've bought anything of any substance or s- significance, whether it's a car or a house, or uh, and that's no crack at uh, used car salesmen or real estate agents or anything no, like no, that no, because no, there's no. some great ones out there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But we've all come across that, that, uh, that salesperson where you know, they've operated from a level of manipulation or, or strategy or technique or tech, you know, tactics and haven't really yeah. connected at that human level. And therefore we've got this, yeah. this inner experience. Our, our, uh, our BS meter goes through the roof because we just know that something's not quite right. Um, and I think then what happens is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is business owners, small business owners then take that into selling or they, they don't transform that relationship to sales and, and what I find out there is that there's an absence of actual selling. You know, there's, mm. a, there's a lot of presentation or a lot of order taking, but there's not a lot of actual sales strategy. And, um, you know, that saying of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I don't know whether you've heard that before. Yep. Uh, I, sh- I shared that one on episode once and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So if you, ha- if you have no idea what that terminology is, you should definitely Google that. Um, <laughs> that is throwing out the good with the bad. And, yeah. and so therefore they relate to sales like, you know, it's, it's something, I'm not a salesperson, therefore they don't sell and they just yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. So I agree hundred yeah. percent. And I think, 
Absolutely, and what happens there is people tend to then go one of two ways. They either adopt those types of styles and yes. go, okay, that's what I have to be to be a sales, a successful salesperson, um, which doesn't necessarily work. And look, there's different selling styles out there. That style of selling is definitely still out there. Um, it's, I think, less and less. It's certainly not the way that uh, we work, um, and we. it's more about the consultative sell. But either people will go, okay, that's what I need to be, and then they'll either have a go at doing that or it will turn them off. Mm. And then that's where they, no, no, you know, bomb bomb to sales. But really, this is where if we can work on our definition and meaning of sales and make it more resourceful and change what that meaning is. So instead of it being icky, fake, push, all, blah, all those blah, icky feeling things, you know, and this can take some work. This isn't just, oh, I've decided yeah, to change. Absolutely. This could be 30, 40 years of thinking in a certain way that we need to change. But all a belief is, is on some level, we are choosing to give a definition and meaning to a thing because of, we've created that belief because of events and experiences in our lives. Yeah. But we can change, choose to change it and it can take some work. So imagine if you're watching, if you're listening, imagine if, if you resonated with anything that we just talked about in terms of the icky feelings, imagine if the definition and meaning of selling was genuinely not just BS sales stuff going <laughs> on here. Reframing, yeah. Refra genuinely helping people. Mm. If it was genuinely caring, like really, and you've got to peel it back and go, why do people need my service, my product? Mm. How does it benefit them? And when you start to really look at it at a, at a human level, a core level of genuinely meeting needs, fulfilling needs, helping solve a problem, You've got to stop overthinking it and kind of start feeling it more and know why it's it's right for them. Because think about if you've got a friend who, you, you know, they, they're in a bit of a slump, in a bit of a funk, and you're uh, wanting to help them. And there's something just over here that you think, oh, I know that that thing would really, really help you. Would you not tell them about them just because you might come across a certain way? Or would you find a way to genuinely connect with that person and explain why that thing, whatever that is, would really help them feel better. Mm. And that's kind of what we have to bring is that genuineness of understanding our product and service, why it will help people, and then being passionate about communicating that. But if we've got unresourceful meaning and definition of selling and what that means, that's going to hold us back. Uh, so, yeah, there's a couple of little yeah, yeah. things. I want to throw out practical things that, that, you, that people can you know, write, journal, write down or, or have a conversation with your team about because, you know, the culture starts top down. Absolutely. And what I'm really hearing in that is that like get connected mm. with the human being that you're interacting with. And, and, you know, when you have that genuine connection, you'll know whether or not that product or service is a match to that. Uh, and what yeah. I'm also getting as a, as a critical factor to this is the belief in your own product or service that you're offering. And I think there's an element there of telling the truth about, you know, do you genuinely believe this is a good product or service? Do you genuinely believe this is going to make a difference? And, and as I say that out loud, I think that would be a great exercise for managers or business owners to do with their team in regards to sniffing out or, or ferreting out the truth that the the sales teams, if if, you, if they're managing a sales team, 
um, I'm assuming that as a business owner, they'll love the product or service that they're selling. I'm just, that's an assumption that yeah. I'm making because um, you actually yeah. have a choice to sell a different product. Whereas the sales team themselves, <laughs> you know, they may be there. They may not actually believe in that product or service that yeah. they're selling. So, you know, that's, that's what's really standing out for me there is that telling the truth about, do you genuinely believe this is something that's worthwhile, something worth investing in and then connecting with somebody on a, on a human level to offer that? to make a difference in their life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and there's a lot of sales, there's a lot of salespeople that don't believe in what they're selling, mm. that don't believe in what they're doing. Or, you know, you alluded to this, they actually just don't know. Yeah. Maybe they would if the leader or the manager or the business owner actually took the time to share this is what this is what we're doing. And let's actually take this a bit bigger because, you know, I talk a lot about high performance sales culture in business. And this is not only this specific product and service, but what about the mission of the business? Do you have a vision? Do you have values? Do you have the mission, the purpose? That ties in with sales. Don't don't separate it. You know, don't assume that, oh no, no, that's that's the soft stuff or that doesn't matter. If your team are passionate about the whole kit and caboodle, they are your champions and you can trust that they will go out there and have good quality conversations. Now, you know, and I'm huge, I think the human experience is actually something that's been coming up a lot lately, the last three months yeah, especially, absolutely. because it's about honoring the human experience. But I'm seeing the the crossover of that in the sales process. So you have to have a process to give the steps so that there's clear expectation. You can have a conversation with purpose. You can ask great quality questions. We'll talk about that when we look at uncovered need to know if we can help them. But if you can then also work on this belief, so mindset, the belief, the thinking, uh, it will accelerate results. And that's what high performance is all about. It's not about mediocre. It's about acceleration. And in this climate right now, the more that your team believe in your business, in you and what you do, the better off you'll be. Now, if you're a one man or one person band, one man, one woman band, <laughs> then uh, all of these questions are relevant to yourself. Absolutely. Like these are the things that we have to be reflecting on all the time. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. And I'm, and I'm, what is standing out for me here is the internal customer perspective. You know, I talk about having your team be internal customers, you've got your internal customers and your external customers. And so, you know, if you're a leader manager in an organization and your team haven't bought the business, they haven't bought into the business, mm. they haven't bought into the product, uh, they don't believe in it, then, you know, that's the that's the first stage here with reframing or, or creating an effective, high-performing sales mindset. Absolutely. And, and also, this is relevant for recruitment as well. So there's some businesses that maybe have had a bit of a change. They might be at the point or in future looking to renew or re rebuild their staff or their team. Or you might be in a growth phase, so you're looking to extend your team. Think about these sorts of things when you're recruiting. Mm. You know, if you've got someone, so good salespeople, the best salespeople that I've come across, and this again is generalizing, but they might be motivated by money, but it's not only money. So good salespeople are motivated by money for sure, but what else motivates them? What else do they get up for, get out of bed for, come to work for? You know, these are the kinds of questions to be thinking about so that you're getting a values alignment, which really helps build high performance sales culture and that mindset. Ask questions around what they're, I mean, look, good salespeople also, <laughs> they, they do really well in sales interviews, but that doesn't mean sometimes that they, no. they end up being great employees. But, you know, it's, it's, it's ask questions, not just about results, ask questions about to see how they think about things. 
How do they solve problems? Yeah. How do they approach things? And then you're really looking for a salesperson that's self-aware. They have the, they have enough self-awareness to know what makes them tick. Uh, and also, too, yeah. what I'm getting in that is be listening for not only a self-aware candidate if you're hiring, but look for someone that's willing to tell the truth about their their motivations as well and, and be yeah. listening for that. You know, like, oh, hey, just, just let you know that I you know, money is important, but you know, spending time with my kids on the weekend. So, you know, I'm absolutely committed to selling full out, but, you know, I will also, I'm not going to do after five o'clock or I'm not going to do it. You know. So looking for yeah. that self, not only self-awareness, but someone that's willing to tell the truth about what works for them. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Totally. And even just to build on that, it's about finding people that are geared towards outcomes. So mm. in that scenario, you know, the modern day workplace, the modern day working environment and sales environment is great. You can you can have that. You can do that. As long as we're achieving outcomes, it's not about a number, hour, number yeah. of hours worked. It's about what are we achieving and what are those outcomes? Um, you know, and I think that's going to be a lot of change in terms of some businesses now are implementing work from home for people who want to. Um, or, and what they're doing is surveying, and, and I know we're going off topic a little bit, but it's still connected to mindset. So some people are finding that, you know, if you're not delivering and you want to work from home, sorry, you got to come back in the office mm. <laughs> where we can monitor and see what you're doing. But if you're delivering, if you're aligned with the values, uh, the beliefs, the thinking, then there's more flexibility there. So a couple of other little aspects of mindset when it comes to high-performance sales culture. Yeah, awesome, Nikki. And I thought before we dig into the mindset of each of the phases, we talked about, you know, obviously mm. this, this this part of the conversation has been around one someone's relationship or mindset to selling as a whole and even their products and how the belief systems or, you know, the beliefs impact that, uh, that relationship. Do you have a, a mindset, sorry, a belief changing exercise or activity that you run through with your clients that you might be able to share? Yeah, so I do. I do um, live ex exercises in training groups or then work individually one-on-one. -on -one. And I do actually have a, um, I have a, a, a one pager that I'm happy to share and send out or if anybody wants a copy of that. Um, and in, in essence, what we're doing is we're identifying what is our current definition of selling and sales. So you could even write that down right now. And then it just goes through some questions to look at really uncovering well what does sales mean to you so it's putting that existing definition and then creating a new definition that can be like your mantra mm. so it can be very much your you know write it on a sticky note if you're going to do some cold calls get up and and say it over and over and over again uh so it's day to day because you've got changing a belief it's kind of like taking medication okay so your mantra your affirmation your whatever word you want to use it because Nothing has meaning but the meaning we give it. So you might like or dislike these words, but it's the same thing. It's a group of words that you say over <laughs> and over. Right. <laughs> um, so mantra, definition, sentence, whatever, belief, whatever it might be. It, 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 the, way, the reason I say it's like taking medication is you need to say it in the morning when you, when you log in or when you wake up or when you, when you sign into work. You need to say it again seven times at lunchtime. You need to say it again seven times before you go to bed. You need to get up and do the same thing for seven days straight. Then you might come down to five days. Then you might come down to two days. This is an actual real-life uh, approach that I take with clients when we're working on changing yeah, absolutely. beliefs. Because you can't expect, I'll just go, you know what, sales is helping. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, you'll feel differently. So you've got to do the work. So I do have a worksheet that I'm happy to share that will start the process and then you've got to do the work and it yeah, will change. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. I love it. I do love that. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> all our beliefs exist in language, in the narrative, in the conversation that exists in our mind. And it's about reframing 
that or retelling the narrative, retelling the story that you've made yeah. up, which adds the meaning and, and in turn impacts the actions that you take. I love that. Yeah. That would be great. And thank you so much. I know I put you yeah. on the spot. That wasn't what we what uh, no, no, we no. had to chat about, but I thought it was there to be asked. Yeah. And if you could share that <laughs> one page, that would be amazing. Absolutely. So let's have a look at the um, each of the each of the stages and how your relationship or mindset impacts each of those. Yeah. So first of all, you've got to do the work that we talked about because it's kind of like if, if we looked at this as there's seven milestones, one to six, the first is actually zero point. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's point zero. So work on your overall meaning and definition of sales. What that means to you. Is it holding you back? Is it holding you forward? Moving you forward? All of that. Now, if we go to the first milestone, it's around curiosity. So if you if you haven't done the work around what the, the word selling or sales means to you, immediately you're going to feel a block. And the thing about curiosity is that I always look at this in a couple of different ways, which we'll go into more detail later at a later date. But high level detail is you, when you're going out, so there's proactive outbound selling, which is you going out to get it. That could be cold calls. That could be contacting people on LinkedIn, which people are doing so <laughs> much. Don't know if you're feeling that, but whoa, I'm inundated. Um, it could be maybe not these days, but in the future, walk-ins, going and introducing yourself. It's more proactive. It's looking at who's looked on your website and giving them a call. You still need to create, well, you especially need to create curiosity to engage and hook that, that conversation in. If you're concerned Every person is going to hang up on me. Nobody wants to hear from me. Uh, I'm interrupting people. If that's so, that's a mindset. That's a belief. If that's your belief, can you see how that's going to impact your uh, wanting, your desire to actually proactively contact mm. people? But if your belief is that's okay, if they're if they're uninterruptible, they won't answer the phone. If they don't want to speak to me, we can set another time, or you know maybe it won't be relevant. If your belief is more, I'm just going to call and give it a go. Let's see, because I'm here to help people. So if I can, maybe if your belief is, maybe this is the person that I can help. So that's where it can really impact the first milestone of curiosity is that you're creating a narrative. You're creating a story of why it won't work before you've mm. even tried. Do you think if you're contacting, even if it's an inbound inquiry, so that's the inbound, so you've got proactive outbound or inbound, but sometimes we create these stories even when we're calling an inbound inquiry. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe they don't want to talk to me. Well, that's a story we've created. That's a reality we've created in our head, in our mind, and that will impact your tone, your body language, what you say. It impacts your energy. Simon, yeah. we were talking about energy. Everything is energy. Do not assume that the energy is not coming through. Nerves are okay. You might be a bit nervous, but it's how you manage those nerves through things like deep breath. Tell yourself a story that is resourceful. Yeah. Um, and it, so that's and that it, point. Anything well, I was just going to say that those beliefs actually in turn do create our reality. So that conversation on that narrative, you know, does tend to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you genuinely believe that they're not going to answer or they're going to, you know, reject you or say no, chances are you look for the evidence to support that belief. Uh, in fact, not chances are you do biologically look for the evidence to support yeah. that belief. That's not yeah. just a, you know, a nice yeah. statement. That's, that's neuroscience right there. And so, yeah, checking, I really get that, especially when in the, in the curiosity phase or that, that early phase where you don't know them, you haven't built any rapport, there's no credibility or very little credibility. It's a brand new relationship. It's the, it's the first stage of the dating yeah. scene, right? So it's, 
that's that uh, asking for the drink. So exactly. There's going to be a lot of nerves, but really yeah. what I'm getting in this as a, as a key takeaway for our listeners and our viewers is to, you know, create a positive mantra or create, you know, reframe it in a way that's go, cool, how do I want this to, to transpire? The other thing I got was um, yep. the attachment that, piece as well. One of the things we talk a lot about on this show is mm. is attachment versus commitment. Uh, it's a very Zen philosophy of not being attached to how things play out, having an intention or a commitment, but then giving up that attachment to um, it playing out that way. And I think because a lot of more entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals put a lot of pressure on themselves, they are absolutely attached mm. to how that goes as opposed to, hey, I'm just going to go and connect on a human level. It's going to turn out however it's going to turn out. My intention is that it's going to turn out this way. Yeah. Uh, and if it doesn't, hey, you know, like yeah. there's always the next person. Spot on, spot on. And that's, and that's, again, that belief that you're creating already before you've even started, that could be your mantra. So if your mm. new definition of sales is, I'm, I'm here to help people, that's what you'll bring through. So that's, again, where you might say that to yourself and, and bring in that human experience. And you're absolutely spot on with the evidence piece. And part of the reason for that is that when we're, so we have a filtering system and in our filtering system, we are constantly looking for evidence for what we believe to be true, which is why if you think, nope, it's not the right time, it might not be that there's more uh, people saying, oh, it's not the right time now than people being open to having a conversation or not being there. But we hone in on that. We go, yep, see, that was right. My, my belief was true. And then it embeds and it creates that belief even stronger. But we may not be paying attention to all those other calls and what the reasons were that we didn't connect and have a conversation or sometimes that we did. But if you have a belief that people are open and they want to speak to me, then again, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like, oh, yeah, see, that person did. There might have been 10 other calls where they didn't, but we don't hone in on it. We don't go, yep, that was evidence that people, you know, so really, really important point because this is how we create and maintain and build on our existing beliefs. And we have to remember that there's a whole bunch of beliefs going on under the surface that we don't even necessarily are consciously aware of. But when we bring conscious awareness, we can choose to change it. Um, so super cool conversation. All right. Yeah, now awesome. we're moving. <laughs> now we're moving to uncover the need. And look, to be honest, for uncover the need, um, it's the same thing because uncover the need is all about going deep with asking questions so you can provide relevant solution and overcoming concerns. And when we go through that uh, episode, I really want to go through what actually is an objection because, you know, in a sales world where it's all about handling the customer and overcoming, uh, overcoming the objection. But the objection is actually a belief that the client has, the prospect has, that we need to help them turn around. So I'm just going to leave it there for now. But mm. that's a big piece. You know, the beliefs and the mindset is not only of us as we're moving through this process uh, or our teams, it's also about our clients. But you can see that if you are have negative, unresourceful beliefs, you're not going to probe and ask the questions that you need to know to really get to the core, the heart of the matter. And we need to go at least three level deep three levels deep without questioning to truly understand what that core need is. So it's holding us back there. Urgency, understanding the motivation, that's milestone three. There's a really awesome question I'm gonna share with you in the podcast uh, and YouTube video that really understands, gets to understand the client's motivation. And if you've got those negative mindset and beliefs, you won't ask the question. I would say 1%, maybe a couple of percent of people I share this with actually do it. And it can create mm. such a difference. 
So yeah. again, it's holding us back from getting to the root cause, uh, root understanding of what the client's needs and what their motivation are. Yeah, that's really good because there are, there's always those tough questions and I don't want to detract from that episode when we get into it. Yeah, yeah. You, what I'm, what I'm, I'm feeling you on this with those, <laughs> those tough questions that you have to ask during a sales process, um, whether it's asking for the sale or whether it's asking the real emotional questions that come up, they can be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And yeah, I really get that is, is the relationship you have to those questions. Um, in fact, I'm going to share this when I was selling cars for those that don't know I used to sell new cars and used cars um, and we used to have the 11 soft and 12 hard questions and they were literally named that way yeah. because the hard questions were the, more uncomfortable to ask yeah and, and I really get that in what you're saying is it's that identifying your relationship to those questions to allow you to actually ask the, the question or questions that make the difference in that sales Absolutely. process. Absolutely. See, and even even that, isn't that interesting, the language? So the subtleties of language are huge in terms of our perception of the world, our internal reality, our beliefs and our mindset. And even looking at that as soft questions and hard questions. So when we go through, you know, hard, oh, that's a hard question. Mm. For, certain, for some people, then that creates barriers. That's a belief. It's a hard question. Other people will have beliefs around soft. Some people will go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Okay, they're soft. Or some people go, oh, it's too soft. You know, nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. Totally. All these things are words, yet we create meaning that can either help us or, you know, hold us back or help us move forward. And, and guys, this is everything in life. So those of you who are listening and watching, this is the conversation we're having is relevant to sales. But the concept is in our whole life. What words, 100%. what language are we using? It could be holding us back. It could be moving us forward. Yeah, no, I never, I never got that. It's really good that the even the setup of the sales trainer that was, was training us was setting us up for the the fact that these were the hard questions, and I'm really getting that it yeah. kind of ties in with the. It's almost a very masculine approach to it. It's like now you got to you come up to the hard questions, so you've got to you've got to man up and you've got to ask these questions because these are the tough ones to ask. Yeah. Um, as opposed yeah. to hey, they they're, they're just questions. Yeah. Um, and you may feel discomfort in those questions, but they're the ones we're going to lead into, which is more of a, you know, more of a feminine approach. It's a beautiful. I've never, yes. I never picked yes. that up before. Yeah. Having said that, I haven't really reflected on my car selling background <laughs> for many, many <laughs> Not years. Until so. I came along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. This is taking me back, Nikki. Yeah. It's taking me back. <laughs> And I'm sure you learned lots of wonderful things to Absolutely. do and not to do, as we all do Absolutely. with all of our, you know, experiences. Yeah, I'm history. very grateful for it. I, I do yeah. say that um, selling used cars should be like kind of conscription that everyone should do 12 months of, of yeah. selling, selling used cars because it teaches you a lot about life. Or what about the old days? Well, I think the old day, well, definitely the old days now of the door knocking sales. I yeah, mean, I've done that too. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> man, does that, I haven't done that personally, but that would just give you some gumption. That's for sure. Definitely. <laughs> um, definitely. I love, so I would probably reframe that and go, the hard questions are most likely without having looked at them, the meaningful questions, the, the questions that will are. make it or impact questions. Um, and the soft would be maybe the nurture questions. You know, imagine if we change the language, you know, it, it, what, what difference would that make? But also it depends on the culture, right? So it, let's just say in that culture, no idea what that culture was like, but we're going to use a hypothetical. If you have a culture that is very um, uh, aggressive type of sales, 
not saying that that was your culture at all, but let's hypothetical, aggressive type of sales or really direct or that icky. And then all of a sudden, so if that's if you're listening to this and you have a team or a business and you're thinking, oh, we could do things a little bit differently, look at how you change the culture. It has to be the culture entirely. Look Correct. at what is that meaning of sales entirely and then look at things like language. And it's every level in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if we move to the next milestone, solutions. So we're in solution phase. A big, big, big mindset uh, awareness, mindset hack here, belief hack is really get clear on your beliefs around money. So if you find that you hesitate to say this, it will be an investment of $5,000 or $500 or $50, it doesn't matter what the number is. And as we move into value, so this is really for solution and value, You're presenting the solution and you're asking the client if they'd like to be a part of it to say yes. See, even I think we touched on this in the first app that we did uh, around, you know, some people will really not like the words close a sale or close a client because it's too harsh for them or sign a client up. Guys, it's the same thing. It's just the words that we're using to describe it. And there's no right or wrong. That's fine. But if you have money blocks or beliefs around money, which we all do, we can't not, we have experienced life, we have had different upbringings, you may have had a lot of money or not a lot of money, all of those things will impact how you see money when you're asking for you know, the business interaction uh, and the value. So again, it comes back to, I'm now moving to value, when if you see the value in what you're offering or not. And a lot of people, what they do is they naturally tend to go, well, I believe in the product or the service, but geez, I wouldn't spend a thousand bucks on that. Nice, that old chestnut. Right. We have yeah. to go, well, hold up. Are you in the need for that old thing, for that thing over yeah. there? Because if you're not, of course, you're not going to spend a thousand bucks on it. Who would? <laughs> but if you're in the need of it, yeah, if good. that's a problem you have to solve, then that's the perspective you have to look at. So you've really got to, ju- I'd say two key takeaways here, if you can look at what is my definition and meaning of sales? And what is my, are my beliefs around money? Do I feel icky when it comes to the money conversation or uh, am I putting blocks up because I don't see value? Yeah, it's really good. And there is that distinction, isn't there, between you know, do I believe in the product or service, yes or no, as a, either as a business owner or an entrepreneur or a salesperson. And then do I believe it's worth what we're charging you know, and that's a whole, that's a different, that's, that's very distinct from that first yeah. question. Uh, and then distinct from that again is what's my relationship to money as a whole? You know, like, it, do I have an abundance mindset? Is there a scarcity mindset? Is it, yeah. that's, is it hard to come by? Is it easy to come by? You know, yeah. do you ha- like, what are the conditions that you've placed around money? And I've, we've never actually explored that on the show. And I think that'd be worth exploring at some stage uh, for everybody at all levels of an organization yeah. is what is your relationship to money? Because it also then ties in with uh, self-worth around, you know, if you're a manager listening to this with promotions and, and, and your value um, comes down to self-worth and, and wages for SMEs, small business, small, medium-sized business owners and directors who don't necessarily pay themselves a wage, the wage to, or the wage that they're worth, they might pay themselves a small wage. Um, if you're not paying yourself a wage, we should definitely have a conversation about that at some point. Uh, but, you know, definitely. paying at least paying the wage that you're worth or, you know, the replacement value there. So it's it's really cool to, 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 to uncover that or to distinguish that in, in this sales conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, if there's listeners and, and watchers that are uh, selling their own product or service. 
know, that lays, has a whole extra layer of complexity. Mm. Because even for the most seasoned salespeople, when you start to go out into your own business, for example, and you're selling, it's like you're selling yourself, uh, it can be very uncomfortable. So there's a whole other uh, array of different beliefs and things that can be holding you back. And then charging for those services, how much do you charge? Mm. You know, so sometimes it is the team, but sometimes it's the owner as well. Uh, and all these things, you know, I hope you're taking notes. Things you need to not, it's not going to, you're not going to overcome these things overnight. Like this is a lifelong journey as I know, you know, these are the conversations. Yeah, absolutely. This is the whole ethos. This is it. Um, so <laughs> this is it. It's a, it's a lifelong, but at least you've got a little checklist. If yeah. you can think, look at that list and think, okay, what is the biggest thing? Just trust you, you trust your intuition, trust your unconscious mind will give you the answer. When you look at that list and write down the things that we've talked about and anything else that comes up, what is the biggest thing that's holding me back? now yeah telling the and truth work on that tell the truth yeah getting connected yeah. with self i mean and and obviously i'm mean, i'm going to make the assumption that people that are watching or listening to this show are mindful or practicing mindfulness at some point uh or meditating so they they've got a level of self awareness and 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 um and raised consciousness so the key here what i'm really getting in this is telling the truth about your relationship to each of these stages telling the truth about the relationship to money um and also too there's a self-love piece in there and i come back to my coach lorna the three key distinctions which is you know love yourself tell the truth and be responsible is that 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 self-love piece then telling the truth and then being responsible for how that occurs and and the actions and who you're being in the world in relationship to that. Yeah, so beautiful. It's awesome. So nice. Good. Uh, okay, so the last one, the last milestone is certainty and really how your mindset of sales or mindset and beliefs come in here. I think one of the key things, are, so the key thing around certainty is that you, at that point, your client has said yes and you're giving them as much detail as possible about the next steps. Mm. So we get, as human beings, we get a sense of certainty through detail, through routine, through structure, through knowing what the next steps are. Which, side note, is why, you know, there's been so much uncertainty yeah. in the world and continues to be. So, you know, if we can find ways to create some routine and structure that will help somewhat overcome that feeling. So that's what you're giving to your clients. Because if a prospect says yes, so they're now a client, you don't want them to walk away feeling like they might have buyer's remorse, you know, oh man, what did I do? So the more detail, the more next steps, welcome pack, information, book in the next meeting, uh, organize a follow-up, send them in some information through all of that creates that feeling of like, oh, okay, cool. I know what's next. And I think a big belief here is that you give a lot of that detail up front and you don't. <laughs> the detail comes towards the end. So I actually think that this loops back a little bit to the beginning. We need to start with curiosity. Curiosity is more ambiguous. So it's harder for us and there's more uncertainty for us to um, you know, go in and, and have a more ambiguous conversation to then ask more questions, which is why people tend to go in with, here's everything you need to know about my product and mm. service. So that's a belief, that's a mindset that we need to hold on that uh, detail until we know it's the right fit and, and follow that process. Um, I do really wanna say here as well is that as we go through these different milestones in the sales process and all of the things we've talked about, it might be really uncomfortable for people and that's and I really want to acknowledge that that's okay. Something I feel like I say a lot because it's really relevant is 
when you're talking to a client, if you've got questions that you want to ask, or if your natural at the moment is to go with a lot of detail up front and you're holding yourself back, if that's uncomfortable for you, that's okay. Because the goal here is not for you to be comfortable. Mm. The goal here is for you to be the best and ask the best questions and, and follow a process that works for your prospect, for your client. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm uncomfortable, embrace that. The goal isn't for you to be comfortable because when you're not comfortable, that's when you're growing, that's when you're stretching. And with all of these key points, really compare it to what have I got in place in my business right now? Is it similar? Is it different? It doesn't have to be exactly this, but you can overlay any great effective sales process. The core is similar. Wouldn't you agree, Simon? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. So really look at what am I doing good? Yeah, high fives, acknowledge, <laughs> celebrate with yourself or with your team or anyone who'll listen. And then think, what can I do better? What can I do differently? Um, and it's okay to be uncomfortable. In fact, it's spot on if you're uncomfortable. And if you're not uncomfortable, check in. What can I, what else can I be doing? Mm. Yeah, it's awesome. And what I'm what I'm taking away from this whole conversation is, you know, even though we're focused on mindset today, it's that beautiful blend and combination of equal parts mindset and sales process. And when you've got the process nailed and you know the process and it becomes automatic and you practiced it and uh, it allows you then to give yourself fully to being present, mm. to being able to check in um, because yeah. that the questions then become automatic. They become default. They become easy to ask. You don't have to give any bandwidth to the actual process itself. You can give all the bandwidth yeah. to the person that you're interacting with that that human level. And um, I just write, write down the words being being present uh, is what I'm really taking yeah. away from this conversation is that practice of, and again, which is why I love having you on the show and, and why it ties in so nicely. Why I think it's important to have you on the Zen Business Podcast because it it's bringing that mindfulness, that presence to selling, uh, whereas people may mm. not have had that relationship or that mindset to selling before. Um, and so I think this has been a, yeah. a very valuable conversation for our audience. Thank you, Nikki. Wonderful. Good and spot on. Couldn't have said it better better myself. Once you've got that process in place, you can have that human experience, that connection and be truly present to really understand how you can help your prospects, your clients, the community, mm, people. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, I know the listeners and the viewers have gotten a truckload of value from that. So I'm looking forward to having you back on the show in a couple of weeks time to dig deeper around Beautiful. that first uh, first step of the process itself. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much. It's always so much fun to work with you. So, yep, any questions? Uh, so, so thrilled to be here and to be able to share this in such a Zen business-like way. Big shout out to your business as well, Evergreen Coaching. Um, and I'll put the link in the description as well. But yeah. as, uh, if, you, if, there, if you haven't checked out episode 31, be sure to do that as well. Awesome. Thanks again, Excellent. Nikki. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Zen Business Podcast. Wherever you are right now in the world, I'm grateful for your time, for your attention, and for allowing my guests and I to be part of your day. Please like, comment, or share if you feel moved to do so. And if you'd like to match faces with voices, you can jump over to our YouTube channel where you can find all of the episodes that we have filmed so far. Thank you once again, and until next time, stay safe, be kind, and enjoy the now.